Welcome to Matthew's World of Wine and Drink, an educational podcast dedicated to teaching you all about the wines of the world, the different grape varieties, the different regions, and the history and culture of wine. In this episode, we're going to look at the grape variety Grenache, or Garnacha, to give it its Spanish name, which is one of the most widely planted grape varieties in the world. And we're going to look at the reputation of these wines, the styles of wine that they make, the grape varieties that uh, Grenache is blended with, and also the many different regions in which it is planted. It is a grape variety whose reputation has gone up and down because it does produce high alcohol, fruity red wines, which um, sometimes can be seen as a bit too simple and a bit too robust. At the same time, though, it is the backbone of Chateauneuf de Pape, one of the most prestigious um, appellations in the world, and also produces a, around the world a, a looking at old vine Grenache or Garnacha, which produces more concentrated wine. And there's such a variety of styles made from Grenache that I think producers and consumers are beginning to understand that it doesn't just produce one identifiable trait, that is actually a lot of different things according to how it's made, where it comes from, and what it is blended with. And then we must not forget that Grenache is often used in rosé because it has low tannins and we don't want too many tannins in rosé as well as really nice red fruits and a, a good structure and body to it. It's a very versatile grape variety and of course it's also used for fortified wine as well in Roussillon. So a lot of different styles made from Grenache which we will explore in this episode. So where is it planted? Well, it's always in a warm climate, usually a warm Mediterranean climate, though it could be a warm continental climate, uh, because it is a late ripening grape, and it needs to build up those sugars to um, get that high alcohol that is known for, that is part of its uh, structure and character. The most famous region for Grenache is the Southern Rhone, and in particular Chateauneuf-du-Pape, also grown in Provence, also grown in Languedoc, and then in Roussillon, where the fortified wines are generally made going down into Priorat in Catalonia, and across the rest of Spain as well, and then across to Sardinia in the Mediterranean Sea. And so the shared commonality between these regions is the Mediterranean, and that they are warm climates. So it's no surprise that elsewhere in the world, it's, Grenache is found in warm Mediterranean climates, such as Australia, South Africa, and California as well. And as the climate changes and, and warms up, Grenache is perhaps going to be even more in favour than it has already been and because it is so suited to those warm climates. General structure of Grenache is fairly low acid, fairly low tannin, high alcohol and this is why it's often found in blends because it can add body and weight to a wine but also may require other grape varieties to give acid and tannin to the structure of the wine. And so the most famous style of blend for Grenache is a GSM, Grenache Syrah Mourvedre, which is kind of the cornerstone of Chateauneuf de Pape and its surrounding appellations, and often found in Australia and Washington State and other regions which specialise in Rhone-style wines. But it's also used as a blend in Rioja with Tempranillo mainly, to give body and weight and alcohol. So let's look at the different regions. In France, there's over 95,000 hectares of plantings of Grenache, all found in southern France, the Rhône, Provence, Languedoc and Roussillon. The majority of those plantings are found in the southern Rhône, around 53,000 hectares. The wines made in the southern Rhône are very rarely 100% Grenache. They usually blends with Syrah and Mourvedre, as mentioned, but also with Carignan, Sanso, Cunoise and other great varieties 
found in the Southern Rome, but those are the major ones. Within the Southern Rome, there are a number of appellations. The broad, overreaching appellation is Cote de Rome, which is likely to be a Grenache-based blend. And then there are Cote de Rome Village, which are very good value wines. Again, Grenache-based, but coming from specific villages, which are seen as higher quality. And then the, the actual um, named appellations, such as Chateauneuf de Pape, Jugandas and Vaquiras, uh, Lirac is another one. Some of them more famous, such as Chateauneuf de Pape, some of them less famous, but all of them um, historic and have been making wine there for centuries. And again, likely to be a Grenache-based blend. Chateauneuf de Pape can actually be 100% of any of the named 18 grape varieties which are allowed in the appellation. Realistically, if the is a 100% single varietal wine in Chateauneuf de Pape, it would be Grenache, and a handful of producers do do that. But usually um, it is a blend, but with Grenache around about 80% of the blend. And producers vary in their blends with what they use in it, Syrah, Mavedra, but they also find 80% Grenache, 20% Carignan, or there'd be a possibility. So what are these wines like? Well, the Southern Rome is warm. It's quite flat, though there are hills, and Gigondas, for instance, is more influenced by and the hills, the Montmorey, then Chateauneuf de Pape, which is really flat. The vines are often bush-trained, very low down to the ground to protect them from wind, uh, but on rocky soils, which um, encourage uh, deep roots in the vines, but also encourage heat retention, which um, gets those grapes fully ripe, because even though it's a warm climate, still need a Grenache as a late ripening grape variety to achieve full ripeness. There are different rules for each appellation. As mentioned, Chateauneuf de Pape can be a 100% single varietal wine. Gigondas, which is right next door, which is one of my favourite appellations, not just in this region, but anywhere, has to be between 50 and 80% Grenache. And so they, those rules stipulate that it cannot be 100% Grenache or any other variety, uh, partly because of those structural issues that there may be too low acid or too low tannin or too high alcohol. So blending with Syrah and Morvedra to balance the wine. Vacuras, very similar, about 60 to 80% Grenache in the regulations. And this is something we find across southern France, not just with Grenache, but with other great varieties as well, that blending is not just important, it's actually integral to the rules of the appellation to ensure balance and that one great variety doesn't dominate, and that allows vintage consistency as well. Another historic appellation in the southern Rhone is Tavel which is rosé only. It's a very unusual, distinctive appellation because it's not just that it's only rosé, it's a very, it's a much deeper, fuller-bodied style of rosé, very different from the wines found in Provence, for instance, which are pale-coloured and quite light and acidic. This is considered a much more serious rosé, which means it's not that fashionable these days, although rosés come back into fashion in general. It's not this fuller, deeper-coloured style, but generally, um, Grenache is a really important grape variety for the rosé made from Tavel because of the um, lower tannins and the higher alcohol. And this will be blended with grape varieties such as Sanso, which are also all about their red fruits, but with higher acidity, especially Sanso. But it's not just that style of rosé that Grenache is used for. Also found in Provence, before those lighter, more acidic-driven, more salmon-coloured, paler wines, where Grenache will provide that fruit and low tannin, but other grape varieties such as Morvedra or Sanso will provide more acidity and more structure and balance the um, low acid, low tannin of Grenache. And so very popular style of wine with Grenache um, an important factor in those rosés 
and maybe even a little bit in the red blends made in Provence. Moving westwards towards Languedoc, uh, Grenache will be used in blends. There's 19,000 hectares planted in Languedoc. This is a region which is mostly known for high volume, inexpensive wine. But in the various smaller villages or appellations of Languedoc at higher elevation, there is much higher quality. There are some very good producers in Languedoc producing some extremely good wines, both white, red, as well as rosé, and even some sparkling as well. So we're, never, we're unlikely to find a 100% Grenache in Languedoc, though it could happen. But part of blends with Carignan, which is an important great variety in Languedoc, with Syrah, Mourvedre, similar in style to the Southern Rhone, but maybe um, some often better value than some of those wines, but the quality will vary according to where the wine comes from, because in the Languedoc it is hot. And so on the, the plains at the bottom of the mountains, it's going to be pretty warm. And so yields are high and the wines are just quite simple. But higher up in the rockier terraces or plateau, there's a cooling influence and the wines are going to be less ripe and a bit more structured. But again, usually a blend. And that is a theme that we're talking about with Grenache. How often do you find it on its own? And the answer is not that often, though it's becoming more common. Moving southwards into Roussillon, again, Grenache-based blends with Carignan. And there are some very good wines being made in Roussillon, the driest climate in France. And this is a region where I think old vines are very important because it is so warm and dry. Having those old vines with deep roots really improves structure, concentration, and quality. As there are some pretty simple basic wines made here as well from younger vines. The truly great historic wines of Roussillon are fortified. So just quickly going back to the Southern Rhone, Rasto is a village which makes um, red wine, but also makes fortified wine from Grenache. And these are going to be quite rustic, slightly stinky wines, which I love. And then in Roussillon, there are a couple of appellations for fortified wine made from Grenache, Maori and Banyuls. Banyuls is on the coast, it's a beautiful town. And then Maori is um, further inland and a bit higher elevation, so they produce slightly different styles of wine. But in general, there are different ways of making fortified red wine from Grenache in these two appellations. One is to produce a young, fruity, drink-now style, and the other is to produce a much older, more oxidative style with very mature aromas, which may have been aged in demijohns or glass bottles outside exposed to the sun, and so receiving heat as well as some oxidation to produce a more rancio style of wine. But Grenache is generally the base of these red fortified wines, 90% or more, with maybe some Carignan added just for that tannic structure that Carignan gives. Uh, so the best of these wines can be extremely age-worthy. You can find wines which are decades old. And in Roussillon, there's about 7,000 hectares of Grenache planted. Uh, for more information on those fortified wines, do check out my fortified wine series on this podcast, which talks about the Vendu Naturel, which are the fortified wines of France in greater detail. Moving away from France, we go to Spain, where there's about 75,000 hectares of Grenache planted there, or Garnacha, because Spain is widely accepted to be the home place of Grenache slash Garnacha. Sardinia lays a claim but the evidence points more to Spain because um, in Spain you'll also find mutations of Grenache, Grenache Blanc and Grenache Gris, which you do not find in Sardinia, so it's more likely that it is Spanish in origin. Put that into context, the 75,000 hectares of plantings, in France I mentioned 95,000, 
In comparison, in Spain, Tempranillo has 207,000 hectares of planting. So Grenache is the third most planted grape variety in Spain. And plantings have fallen. It used to be, at the turn of the century, around 90,000 hectares. And this is because in Spain, Grenache's or Grenache was considered to be kind of the workhorse grape that produced, produced simple, fruity, high-alcohol wines for everyday drinking rather than for complexity. And so that reduction of plantings is probably a good thing because it means there's a focus on higher quality vineyards from old vines or from regions which are particularly suited to Garnacha. The most famous region that has Garnacha as its base is Priorat. And so this is just inland from Barcelona. Slight Mediterranean influence, but very quickly becomes continental. Inland Catalonia is almost desert-like and very dry and very warm. Priorat has um, very steep plantings at high elevation on rocky slate soils called Lucarella uh, locally. This is a region which is so difficult to farm it had been pretty much abandoned until the 1980s when quality-minded producers moved in to make wines from the old vines which were still planted there. And these old vines are Garnacha and Carignana, or Carignan. So a common theme, the blending of Grenache with Carignan in um, Languedoc, Roussillon, and in Catalonia. There are Bordeaux varieties planted in Priorat too, Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon, and also some Syrah, but these are much younger plantings um, introduced by the new wave of producers in the 80s and the 90s, whereas the Garnacha and Carignana go back much, much further, the original plantings, and these are bush vines, old and gnarly, just producing very um, concentrated fruit because of the uh, rocky soils, the lack of water, and the deep root system. These wines are going to be full-bodied, rich, high in alcohol. The minimum alcohol of Priorat is 13.5%, one of the highest, if not the highest, in Europe. And the best examples are going to be extremely age-worthy. Priorat is a region which is really concentrated on quality. I'd be very disappointed to find an average Priorat, although producers are working on making good value pre-rat in the 20 to 30 dollar range but it's very unlikely you'll find it below 20 dollars here in the US. Ironically, south east of pre-rat is a is a DO or an appellation called Carignana, which is where the name of the Carignan grape variety comes from, but Grenache and Tempranillo are the two most important varieties here. Perhaps an indication that Carignan has not always had the highest quality or the highest reputation. And this is a region where the wines are quite rustic and old-fashioned, but they are getting much better and much more approachable and a bit less like the kind of old oxidized versions of inferior Spanish wine. So there's a good value DO to look out for. As in France, Garnacha is also used for rosé or rosado, particularly in Navarra, which lies to the west of Catalonia. And these, rather like Taval, though not of the highest, of the same high quality, these are deeper coloured fruity rosés, a bit more like a red wine than the rosé that has become fashionable over the last 10 years. I have to say I'm not a huge fan of Nevada Rosado, but it is an important style of wine and very popular in Spain and abroad for exports. It just lacks that acidity and it probably could do with other great varieties being blended in to freshen up the wine. Moving west of Nevada, we have Rioja, which is the most famous and prestigious region in Spain. So it's in the kind of central north Spain, some influence from the Atlantic Ocean, and this is where Spain goes from the maritime climate of the Basque Country to the continental climate of the, uh, the vast plateau, which is in the centre of Spain. And here Tempranillo is the most important grape variety, 
But historically, it's, it could be a bit dilute, a bit thin, lacking in alcohol, and not having the structure to be made on its own. So it would be blended with Garnacha. And the historic plantings would be Tempranillo in the cooler regions of Rioja, so Rioja Alta or Rioja Alaveza, whereas Garnacha would be planted in the warmer, more southerly regions of Rioja, so Rioja Baca, or as it's now called, Rioja Oriental. And, the, and here it's more continental and it's warmer, which is important for Garnacha. And so Garnacha would add the body and the alcohol and the weight to the Tempranillo blend, as well as other varieties such as Carignana or Carignan or Mathuelo, as it's called in Rioja, and Graciano as well, which is kind of adding uh, perfume and floral aromas to the wine. But Garnacha, a very important part of that blend for the structure, and now it's being made in small quantities on its own. And I, I, the versions I've tried of 100% Garnacha from Rioja have been really, really good. And just a nice fruitiness, almost jamminess, but not overripeness, and a perfumed, licorice, spicy character to the wine. So it'll be interesting to see how many producers uh, continue with that trend because Garnacha is kind of back on the rise, I think, as people begin to realize that if you plant it in the right place, especially at altitude in Rioja, and with old vines, if they're um, able to be accessed, just cools things down a little bit, but still warm enough to get everything fully ripe. And something similar is happening in Sierra de Gredos, which is not um, a famous region. It's west of Madrid. And the, the, there are old vines here, which are pretty much abandoned, really, really rocky, huge boulders in the middle of the vineyard, bush vines that farmers just didn't feel were worth working with. And now producers have moved back into this region, as happened in Prirat, to work with these old vines. Uh, Commando He is the kind of prime example of this, making absolutely fabulous wines from old vines at high altitude, over 800 meters in altitude, with really rocky soils, and this just really concentrates the aromas. And is, I think these wines are Garnacha at its purest, with a pale ruby color, fresh acidity, if not overly high, soft tannins, but just giving enough structure and then really crunchy red fruit. These wines are fantastic. And unfortunately, um, my wife got a chance to taste one of their single vineyards the other day, and I was not there with her. And she said it was just absolutely outstanding. And also um, just south of Madrid, there are some old vine Garnacha, which are worth trying as well. So I really think with Grenache slash Garnacha, in a really warm climate, such as central continental Spain, Elevation is important, but also old vines to really concentrate those aromas and the structure. Moving away from Spain into Sardinia, a large island in the middle of the Mediterranean, just south of Corsica, where Garnacha slash Grenache is called Cana now. So we have another name for the grape variety, an indication of just how historic and old it is. And there's over 6,000 hectares of Cana now planted in Sardinia. The main DOC or appellation is Cana now di Sardinia, so Grenache from Sardinia, if you like, which is about 20% of the island's production. So a pretty important style. Sardinians do claim that Grenache originates from Sardinia, but as discussed, it's more likely to be Spain. But it does have quite a bit of history in Sardinia. The wines here are going to be high in alcohol, fruity, big, rich wines, although some producers are really working hard to kind of limit the excesses of Cananao on the island and make it a bit, a bit more approachable. But alcohol is generally going to be high, 14%, though you find some wines a lot higher than that. But I think 14% for a Grenache-based wine is perfectly acceptable. It's part of the style of the wine. 
And so the wines of Sardinia are getting better. And if you want to know more about Sardinia, you can listen to uh, my previous episode of the podcast in which I interview uh, an importer of Sardinian wine, which was uh, really fascinating. So let's move away from Europe. We can see that this is all clustered around Mediterranean climates, so there's some in continental climates as well. And something similar happens when we move uh, to the New World. So Australia has about 2,000 hectares of planting, so not that much, mainly because um, Shiraz became the focus of Australia's wine industry from the 1970s onwards, when producers started to focus on making uh, dry red wine instead of fortified wines. But it means that because there is a rich history with Grenache in Australia, there are lots of old vines, particularly in Barossa and McLaren Vale. And these make fantastic single, uh, these make fantastic single varietal wines from Grenache, which are going to be kind of a weightiness to them, a fruitiness to them, an alcohol to them. But again, that structure that's coming from the old vines. And then that term GSM, Grenache Cirmel Vedra, is an Australian invention, a good way of summarising an alternative to Chateauneuf de Pape, which might be a GSM, but they would never say that. With Syrah and Morvedra just giving more black fruit and more tannin and more acidity to the fairly high alcohol blend. These are a traditional part of Australia's winemaking culture. Less traditional is South Africa, where there aren't that many plantings of Grenache. And in fact, when I was visiting South Africa, there was a vineyard owner, which who unfortunately wasn't, didn't really care about quality, who was contemplating ripping out some old vine Grenache, which would be extremely unfortunate because the climate of South Africa is perfect for Grenache, particularly on the western side in an area like Svartland, where the climate is warm. There's a small influence from the Atlantic Ocean to create a Mediterranean climate, but really getting into the continental, there's a nice balance between the two. So it's dry and it's warm and it's like the Rhone. And although there's very little old vine Grenache left in South Africa, about 11 hectares, producers are planting Grenache, as well as other Rhone varieties, because they work so well in South Africa and that push towards quality in the country. And then the last region where Grenache has some importance is California, where like most Rhone varieties in California, it's kind of been unheralded, overlooked, even though plantings go back to the 19th century. The, the big push in California in the 60s onwards was with Cabernet Sauvignon, Chardonnay and Pinot Noir, but Rhone varieties are much better suited to California because it has a Mediterranean climate. And so there's a bit more of a refocus on Grenache as well as other Rhone varieties, especially with climate change, as these grape varieties become more relevant. So there's about 6,000 hectares planted in California, but Paso Robles, you'll find Grenache. The best wines will be part of a blend with Morvedra and other Rhone varieties. Also some fine Mendocino, which has a cooling influence at night, but a pretty warm climate during the day. And so quite different styles of wine, and Mendocino could be 100% Grenache and actually quite light. And Grenache may be used for rosé as well, for reasons already mentioned. Washington State is also worth uh, referring to um, because there is a big Rhone tradition in Washington, much more so than California, with GSM blends and also Grenache-based wines, particularly in regions like Walla Walla, which are going to be fairly high in alcohol because uh, uh, Washington has a pretty warm climate, but with that nice crunchy red fruit and the balance with uh, Syrah and Morvedra being used in the blend. A couple of other things that we should mention about Grenache is that it's not just a black grape variety. There's also Grenache Blanc, 
or a white version of Grenache. There's about 5,000 hectares planted in France and 2,000 hectares in Spain. So nowhere near as important. It can be used in fortified wines in Roussillon. It is often used in a blend and it just gives a nice waxy richness uh, to a blend or if it's on its own. And here in California, there's a handful of producers who make single varietal Grenache Blanc. And there's also a Grenache Gris, which I've never really seen on its own. There's 1,700 hectares in France and just 71 hectares in Spain. Uh, this might be used again in fortified wine or in a rosé because it has pink skins. And then finally, it's worth mentioning Garnacha Peluda, which is a variation of Garnacha, which has furry skins and is later pudding. And so it does produce a slightly different style of wine. You don't see it that often, and it's a pretty light style of wine to be drunk young, not, not, not having the complexity of Garnacha itself. And it's maybe just used and blends to add a bit of lightness to the wines, but just um, a little variation from the Garnacha, which is much more famous. So that's Grenache, slash Garnacha, slash Canana, planted all around the Mediterranean and in similar climates across the world. The base of some of the greatest wines in the world can also be quite simple. All depends on local variations, soil, elevation, getting the grapes ripe, but not overripe, and what the grapes are blended with. Cerro Bovedra, Carignan, Tempranillo produces all sorts of different styles of wine. So thank you for listening. This is Matthew, and this has been Matthew's World of Wine and Drink.